Lecture Topic The Effects of True Love for Prophet Muhammad, Peace Be Upon Him. Two days ago, we had started off discussing what we said were some universal lessons, lessons applicable to all places and all times, but they become so much more important in auspicious times and auspicious places. The importance of it also is so much more greater and lacking becomes so much more detrimental as well. A very simple example, what basically now then we had discussed the lesson of sugar as one universal lesson, but the other lesson now today, very briefly, the lesson of adab, applicable for all places and all times, but in auspicious places and auspicious times, it just becomes so much more important and the deficiency in it this results in so much greater detriment a simple example that the person he is addressing somebody and he calls him a fool happens often that somebody calls him a fool. But now who is that somebody? Full in the So that somebody was, for example, it was his son. So now, it's not the ideal thing to say to somebody, but now the father said it to the son. It's not such a... It's taken as one of those things. And in some... Uh, languages and some... It's, quite common, say Beowulf means the same thing. In in some context, in some places it might be a little bit viewed as a bit more serious. And in other contexts, depending who is being addressed, no big deal. Beowulf, the senior said to the junior, nobody takes any offense about it, nobody feels it anything major that why was this spoken in this manner. But if the same thing is reversed now, this was the father saying it to the son. But now if the son used the same word to the father, now that becomes a totally different scene. The word is the same. But what changed the situation? What made it such a severe matter now? The severe matter now is that it was addressed to somebody who deserves that greater respect. So, because now the situation changed, the person in front is the father who deserves that honor, that respect. Coming first. So, as a result, the lack of that respect became a severe matter, became a major problem. So, likewise, the adab and the respect that should be shown for everything in deen is obviously, it's deen. Every aspect of deen deserves tremendous respect. But then when it comes to something that has been afforded greater status and position in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala, the Haramain Sharifain, and all the auspicious aspects that are related to it, 
the auspicious time of Ramadan, all this now becomes a different situation. The respect now has to be on that higher level. Why this is very important to be born in mind all the time. Especially now when sometimes you spend some extended time in the Haram and Sharifain. It shouldn't, not supposed to have been like that, but unfortunately, very unfortunately, in several things the level of respect is a little deficient in the general masses. For example, in how the Quran Sharif is handled, or how somebody might sit facing the Qibla with his legs stretched out. These are just one or two examples, not to look down upon anybody, but the action obviously, the action is wrong is wrong, but you can't pass judgment on anybody's end result. There's two separate matters, one is passing judgment on a person as who he is, and this is where he is going to finish off. We got no idea. We don't know where we are going to finish off and where somebody else will finish off. But a wrong action is wrong. So the wrong action will be corrected, will be advised that look, this is not in order. But somebody's end result, we don't know ours, we don't know somebody else's too. So in any case, what happens is sometimes when we are in this kind of situation where around us repeatedly we observe these things, sometimes we ourselves become lax. We ourselves tend to take it easy. Whereas the adab, the adab that has been taught in deen and the adab that our kavir then they loved what they imbibed and they passed on, this was of a very different level. Subhanallah, what can we imagine of the level of our the kavir's adab? There's one incident that comes to mind is Hazrat Mufti Shafi this is just highlighting to what extent these people had this in heart and mind, the importance of Adab. So he used to sometimes mention that people have this, people used to come and ask some wazifa. Wazifa for what? The wazifa that they are asking for is something to recite as a wazifa which will then, the barakat of that or the effect of it would be that they will be blessed with ziyarat of Nabi Karim in their dream which is indeed a very, very, very great ni'mat and blessing of Allah Ta'ala. And it is in the heart of every mu'min, Allah Ta'ala bless him with something of this nature. So it's a very great ni'mat, very great blessing. So as a result of that zeal and that hope and aspiration, so now they want to do something to try and hopefully achieve it. This is people come and ask for these wazifas. He used to say, I'm not too keen on this, that a person <coughs> does something of this nature now. He's reciting some wazaif, etc. to try and achieve this. Now, it sounds strange, why not? It's such a great na'mad, such a great blessing of Allah Ta'ala. So if that blessing could be achieved via the recitation of some wazifa, why not? The barakat of some wazifa, why not? It doesn't seem to correlate. Because if something is so great, then in any permissible means to achieve it, it should be fine. In fact, it should be encouraged. He said, no, no, I'm not keen on this. Now, why he's not keen on it, that's the lesson. You say that now sometimes a person is not yet suitable and capable of that. Na'mad. Now, he brought it up for the effect of some recitations. But there's a chance, now this is we're talking about a dream, we're not talking about a wakeful state. 
talking about a dream and in a dream a person is not is asleep and when he is asleep he is not accountable he is not accountable for what he is in his dream a person dreamt something dreamt he murdered somebody and he woke up no one charged him for murder so he is not accountable but this is just a lesson of what level they were on beyond our imagination see now and this was brought up in this manner so to say induced in a way but he is not capable of this he is not really truly somebody of that caliber so now it might be the case that in the dream he might do something that is not in keeping with the adab of the situation so i am not keen on this but if allah taala of his own accord blesses somebody allah will bless him with the adab of the occasion too now this was subhanallah thinking on another level but for us the lesson in all this is the lesson of to what extent they were conscious of if this was the extent of consciousness that even in a state of dreaming it shouldn't be any bad be what can be imagined about their consciousness of not getting involved in any bad be while wide awake so how much care they might have been taking in all these matters to be very very conscious about other that's a very commonly well known statement and 100% on the dot this is a statement that has become a in classrooms any madrasa any student probably would hear it if not hundreds dozens of times throughout his time as a student ba adab ba nasib be adab be nasib and this is 100% let alone in matters of deen even in dunya to this applies ba adab ba nasib the one who adopts adab respect he maintains respect then he gains a lot he goes far ahead and be adab be nasib person who doesn't adopt adab he doesn't keep up with the dictates of respect such a person becomes deprived he gets deprived let alone in deen this is even true for dunya also hazrat maulana abdul hafiz makki sahab rahmatullah alaihi used to come to south africa often so once he had come to the madrasa many years back this is about maybe 15 20 years ago so he gave a talk to the students so i remember very clearly the incident he mentioned well this this aspect that he mentioned and uh, he said one person in india he decided to go a little bit deeper into this to try and see this aspect of adab respect so he went to interview people who were who had excelled in their field not in confined to dini field but even in worldly fields or somebody as a doctor but a very very distinguished doctor or somebody in some engineering field now he has become like who the other engineers look up to or somebody he said let alone all these so called prominent fields in india now there's a common thing maybe still they're not there i don't know the whole world is getting advanced now but previously it was a very common thing on many street corners you'll find people polishing shoes so they're standing there on the corner and uh, now anybody wants to have the shoe polished at the fee they polish the shoes so see some people had become quite sort of prominent in that trade of this 
Now the locals around and somebody now who is quite very conscious about his shoes must be shining, he must be able to maybe see his face in it when he wants to. So now he will select somebody to do it, he might walk one block extra to go to this fellow. There might be somebody else closer, but he'll pass that chap and come closer to this, come to the person who's further away. So this person had become like more prominent in this, that he is the, the man in this regard. You see, he even went and interviewed such people too. And the one common thing that he found in all of them, some had something else, some, so obviously there's a combination of things that take a person to that distinction in whichever field, it's not only one singular thing. It's a combination of many things, but one common thing that went across the board, whoever it was, whether it was a person shining shoes, whether a person in the field of medicine, or whether a person in whatever other field, the common thread in everything was the aspect that all of them respected those whom they learned from. They had great amount of respect for the teachers who taught them. Not everybody's teachers were even Muslim. Because he was interviewing people all over the, in every different field. But in dunya, these, this is the system that in dunya, water quenches, fire burns. So even the, the progress of dunya also, one of the elementary elements in it is adab. Without that, even dunya also will become a disaster. It will become miserable. So what can be said about deen? If this is what will apply in dunya, that adab has such an effect. So deen, subhanallah, this is all about deen, is entirely about adab. So, adab should never ever be compromised. The adab of all the aspects of deen should be always enhanced, always observed, enhanced, and there's so many incidents about the aspect of adab, that with adab how far people went ahead. So, this too is an extremely important lesson. As mentioned, that sometimes now we're sitting around and all the time around you see things where things are being done somewhat, somewhat differently. Maybe not what we are accustomed to. But the standard of other is sometimes lower. So we shouldn't get affected by that. <coughs> we shouldn't allow that to now creep into us. We shouldn't look down upon anybody as an individual. The action which is wrong is wrong, but we can't regard ourselves as better than anybody. But we shouldn't allow that wrong action to become, to impact on us in a way that it starts then eroding other us. So the Quran Sharif must still be handled correctly, how a person sits facing the Qibla, that must still continue in the way of adab. <coughs> All the other aspects of deen, adab is an extremely essential and fundamental thing. So this was one aspect that came to mind that we should just discuss briefly. The kitab that we have in front, one of the satis had actually suggested, not present currently here, but he had suggested that while being here in Madina Manowara, some ahadith of the Shamail of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and this was indeed an excellent suggestion. So this kitab is a Shamail al-Muhammadiyah, which is commonly referred to as Shamail al-Tirmidhi, Imam Tirmidhi rahimahullah's compilation. So one is his very famously known kitab, Tirmizi Sharif, 
one of the famous six books of hadith. Apart from that, this is a separate compilation. Shamail al-Muhammadiyya is a compilation on the characteristics of Nabi Kareem sallallahu of his various aspects in terms of his physical self, his character, his habits, his ways, everything about his Mubarak life. There are hadith in this compilation regarding this. So, being in Medina Munawwara, this is indeed a very appropriate and very necessary thing. In fact, that we become more acquainted with the Mubarak personality of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa In this kitab, obviously, we might just select one or two things to read from here. But there's a very, very detailed discussion. Starts off the first chapter with the physical and noble features of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And the various riwayat and narrations of the Sahaba Ikram about the Mubarak features of Nabi Kareem sallallahu his height, his stature, his complexion, what were the, the, the description of his Mubarak palms, extent of his fingers, let alone the eyes, even the little very fine red uh, lines that were in his eyes, and then the eyebrows, and then the eyelashes, and then the Mubarak teeth, and the fine gaps between the Mubarak teeth through which and Nabi Karim would speak, Noor would be seen emanating. And then every aspect, every detail, such fine detail, we discussed yesterday about the extent of love that the Sahaba Ikram had for Nabi Karim This too is a manifestation of that love that they had. That they observed all these details very, very closely and then they preserved it, recorded it, passed it on. They used to discuss it the for a for an ashik, for a true lover, all he requires is some some just something to just start it off. Somebody to just make the slightest mention of the beloved and that will just get him going. And it'll be hard to stop. This is what's so clear in the descriptions of the Sahaba Ikram. Somebody would ask about one aspect about Nabi Karim Sallallahu and he'll mention a whole list of aspects. Because once that discussion starts it's hard to hold back, hard to now restrain that whole flood of emotions that might have been coming with and then that whole, all those memories, so they would just then go into the detailed discussion. So now this is the extent to which they preserved everything. Whatever details of the Mubarak life of Nabi Karim that they observed, so this is a compilation pertaining to that. In the Madaris, in the final year of the study of Hadith, this is despite the fact that most of these ahadith are already in the other books of hadith. In Tirmidhi Sharif itself, in Muslim Sharif, Bukhari Sharif, in other, but this is still taught separately. Because it's not just merely for the academics. It's not just merely for the purpose of just understanding the uh, detail, the, the discussions pertaining to the academic side of it and getting into the linguistics and so on only and that, that way it finishes off the purpose of separately including this in the uh, syllabus our Kabir from their time this has come down was that this should create ishq 
because this is exclusively dedicated to the discussion and the description of Nabi Kareem sallallahu so the mahboob everything related the slightest thing that is attached to the mahboob that becomes mahboob very famously known poet, uh, poem of Majnoon Majnoon and Layla very well known story this universally known story anytime somebody wants to discuss something about something to do with love so Majnoon and Layla's story comes in between so this person was madly in love so this love now but he couldn't get to the point now where he wanted to get married to this girl but the parents wouldn't allow it but now he kept on going in the circle so on one occasion he was probably passing through the gully where Leila lived so now he is probably touching the walls of some houses around there and so on so somebody saw this madman now what this fellow is up to so he realized what they now thinking about him so he expressed his feeling in a, po- in a poem in a couplet he said Amurru ala diari diari Leila uqabbilu zal jidara wa zal jidara that I am passing through the gullies of where the house of Leila is I am kissing this wall and that wall but وَمَا حُبُّ الدِّيَارِ شَغَفْنَ قَلْبِي it's not the love of these walls that is in my heart what is these walls? it's just وَلَكِنْ حُبُّ مَنْ سَكَنَ الدِّيَارَ it's actually the love of the one who's inhabiting the place behind these walls but because now this wall is now enclosing the place the wall has become beloved also now this was a love of a different it was a futile love, taking him the, made him mad, this love of dunya, this is becomes a, the end result, insanity, when it is not within the limits of shariat. But the love of Allah Ta'ala, person who becomes, as they say, intoxicated and mad in the love of Allah Ta'ala, he has the true love of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and there isn't any greater sanity than this. There isn't any greater blessing than this. So this is something that takes a person out of all the insanity. This is what takes a person out of all the madness of dunya. Then he'll still remain in dunya. He will still continue with whatever the needs of dunya, whatever the work of dunya is. But as some Ahlullah, the condition one pious person expressed, that dunya ke majhalo mein bhi wo ba khuda rahe, sab ke saath reh ke bhi sab se juda rahe. That in all the occupations and the hustle and bustle of dunya, despite being occupied with the things of dunya, they also did whatever their work was. They ran their businesses or they attended to their jobs. They maybe had a profession. They did whatever their work of dunya was. They had their families to see to. But in all the majhalas and the occupations of dunya, they were still with Allah Ta'ala. Their hearts were with Allah Ta'ala. They never became ghafil. They never became heedless and unmindful. All the time, how does a person remain mindful then? Very simple. In everything, is this correct in terms of deen? A person who is in his business and now he has been offered some product to sell. So now the first thing he is doing is now, if it's some consumable item for example now. So now he is looking at the ingredients. Then he notices there is some meat extract in here. So now this is not something that has come from an authentic source. He says, no, no. The person says, but this is a very fast seller. He says, no. Why is he doing that? What is prompting this? 
he's looking at you know, all the ingredients and then he doesn't want to sell it person is selling him this is a very fast seller people are making a lot of money out of this which is no what is doing that because Allah, Allah is not pleased with this Allah has made this haram that meat wasn't slaughtered correctly so this now product is not permissible to consume so I can't sell it also now that is being Bakhuda that is being with Allah Ta'ala that he now did what is going to please Allah Ta'ala he's checking and double checking somebody now uh, forgot their change now person now paid for the thing and forgot the change and went to Israel that's my luck now a lot of things people just take it they call it a luck in other words if you didn't go and break into some place to take it away then it's called luck so now it's his good luck so called so that under the word now he just changed the wordings whereas it's somebody else's possession it's somebody else's ownership it cannot be your good luck somebody else's ownership taking it is bad luck but just that that bad luck will show itself in time there's no such thing as bad luck as such it is to it's something that's brought upon ourselves by doing what Allah Ta'ala is displeased with but just that the effects don't immediately show up because that's the test of dunya the test of dunya is things always don't show up immediately sometimes in some situations that's for a lesson to others one person was making tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif he's making tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif and the only dua now he's making it in a little bit audible manner so somebody now that is sometimes alongside him is hearing this and now one time round they ended up together for a while so he's hearing the same dua after a while again they ended up together a stranger to him he's only hearing the same dua now at the time of tawaf is a very makbul time of dua and that's a time to really engage in dua for all the good of dunya and akhirat most importantly to beg for Allah Ta'ala koi tujse kuch koi kuch mangta hai ilahi mein tujse talabgar tera ya Allah somebody is asking you for something somebody is asking you for something else ya Allah I am asking you for you that's the thing to ask at that time this person is only asking Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minka Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minka ya Allah I am seeking refuge in you from you Ya Allah is seeking refuge in you, from you. A very strange dua, don't hear somebody making dua in these words. And now that's the only dua. So eventually when he heard this several times, he stopped him and asked him, but what's this now? There's so many duas to make, this is the only dua. What's the, what's the issue? So he said to him, can you see this? He says, what do you mean? He says, this eye is blind. He says, yes. He says, while making tawaf, I started looking at some woman casting haram glances right there. So a hand came out of the Kaaba Sharif and smacked me. And my eye, my sight got lost and a voice came along. You do this again, the other eye, eye will go also. Now that was a test, but that was the impact of it that happened immediately. Something happened and the immediate result he got on the turn. Now, we might take it as this person might have been a very bad person, but actually he might have been somebody close. And he slipped up there. And he slipped up there, and he got taken to task immediately. But that corrected him immediately too. Now, what toba he must have made, Allah knows. Now, somebody else takes it for granted, I'm carrying on with life. I've been making ta'af like this all the time, and looking around, and nothing happened to me. But now, that's the bigger, that's the very dangerous situation. That a person 
is doing something wrong and he feels there's nothing. These kind of statements unfortunately sometimes get made. People are trading in a way that's haram, whatever else. We've been doing this for years and we're making money out of this man. What's all this now? Stop this and stop that. So now that is now really challenging Allah Ta'ala. So it doesn't always, this is a rare, very, very, once in a while this kind of thing will happen. Person did some wrong and the effect of that wrong came instantly. And likewise the other side of it also. Sometimes the person does something, mashallah, very good. And in a very quick time or immediately also he sees the dramatic good end result of it too. But that's not the norm. That's not how it happens generally in dunya. Person will do some good today. The benefit of that good he might see. The barakat of it comes in dunya also. The thawab that will come in the akhirat is definitely there. Provided he doesn't lose it on the way. But the barakat of it comes in dunya as well. But it's not necessary. It will come in the way we imagine it always. Person might do some good in terms of dunya to somebody and it will come back to him in the form of some good of deen. Some barakat in his deen. He might get tawfiq of something that he never had the tawfiq of. But now he can't link it up. That good turn he did to somebody there and this is the barakat of it that came here. It's not like the switch you put that, press the button on the wall and you saw the light. But the link is there. And likewise, the other way around. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib used to give the example. says, imagine now that there's a room that's getting filled with gas. And this gas, somebody mentioned that this, if there's a gas leak, immediately you smell it. Or even if somebody now has left that gas stove on a little while and it's not lit, immediately you start smelling that gas. So what I was told was, that that odor is actually, it is something that is added, it's not natural, it's not natural to the gas. Because it is so dangerous, so therefore this is somehow that that odor is, is infused into it. So that if there's a leak, it will immediately be detected. Because if it's not, now nobody will be the wiser and now if that room is filling up with that gas and somebody lights a match far away from that stove or whatever, that whole place will explode. Because that room is filled with gas but you can't see it. And if that's the reality of what I was told, then you can't smell it also. So it's not perceptible. You can't smell it, you can't see it. But the gas is all over that room now. There's that gas leaking into the atmosphere. Now somebody came and he lit one match and the whole place suddenly explodes. So now that explosion happened not because just that one batch was lit, that's all. No, the explosion happened because this gas was filling up over the time. And now combined with that one match, that whole place exploded. So likewise, Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us when a person persists in sin and guna. So now this is releasing a gas for understanding around him or in his life. It's releasing a gas, it's releasing that, and he is now feeling very comfortable because everything seems to be going so well for him. Everything seems to be so rosy and carrying on fine. I got nothing to worry about. But there's a gas that, and Allah forbid, what suddenly becomes a match someday. And then everything seems to collapse. What's going on here now? But the link can't be understood. 
Because at that time, maybe it might have been some apparently very, apparently minor thing that suddenly was the match that lit everything up. But when everything exploded, it's not just that one aspect that happened at that 11th hour. It's the build-up of all this gas over time. The whole room was now filled with the gas. It just was waiting for this one match to light up and everything went up in flames. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. The point is that never to take these things lightly. And we had started off with discussing about Lawalam. We moved on from one point to the other. But uh, we're talking about the Zikrul Mahbub. Discussing the aspects of the Beloved. So there can be no makhluk that can be more beloved to a mu'min than Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Ta'ala is Rabbul Alameen and Ba'da's Khuda Buzruk Tu'i Qissa Mukhtasar. After Allah Ta'ala is Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is Sharta-Iman, the love for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the precondition for a person's Iman. Without this his Iman is in a problem. There is no Iman really. So, therefore, to study the Mubarak life of Nabi Akareem wasallam, to learn about every aspect of his life is a very great ibadat. It's not just an academic exercise. It's an ibadat. And to just not stop at that point of learning about the Mubarak life, but the purpose of that is, one is, the heart, the heart must get infused with ishq. And the rest of the body must get infused with ittiba'i sunnat. The heart must become filled with the ishq of Nabi Kareem sallam. And when that happens, then automatically, then every aspect of a person's life now, he's conscious and concerned. I must do whatever I do in the Mubarak manner of Nabi Kareem sallam. Then the, the distractions of the Western lifestyle and other things, it doesn't give him any kind of uh, it doesn't attract him in any way, rather it's the opposite. There's a kind of distraction, it's a, it's a, a negative, negative feeling, no more attracted to it. But to the extent that this is lacking, that will be attractive. Then the styles of the West and the Western lifestyle, how they go about things, all that will seem to be it. The this is the result of the lack of this ishq of Nabi Kareem and ittiba sunnat. So when this develops, inshallah, that will automatically take care of all what we are supposed to have had in our life. Ittiba of Nabi Kareem the ishq of Nabi Kareem in our hearts, is ittiba in every aspect of life. Once, Hadith Farooq Sahib, many might have heard about him or seen him. So he used to come to South Africa in the last few years of his life. So he had been in Durban and he was not well. So one night I think he had to go to the toilet repeatedly. So the next day somebody mentioned to him that uh, the whole night came out like this, so he must be quite tired. So now obviously that because now you can't get sleep. Everything repeatedly now you've got to wake up and run to the toilet now, you're not going to be able to sleep. And now when a person now didn't get a good rest at night, so now the whole day gets affected. So his reply was, that, but Alhamdulillah, on every occasion I got the opportunity and the tawfiq of fulfilling the sunnah of entering the toilet, before entering the toilet and after leaving the toilet. So Alhamdulillah, what a great na'mah that was. That rather than one time now, ten times of 
one dozen times, I had the opportunity of this, so the joy of that overcame this difficulty. Now those who are infused with that love of Nabi Kareem wasallam, the difficulty physically is felt, human nature, but there's something that's like the balm on top of the pain. The pain is there, the wound is still there, the wound is a wound, and the wound is a the pain is a pain, but there's something called a balm and something called a painkiller. So now that ishq and love overcomes us and it becomes a balm over that wound. So now this is the lesson for us how to now focus in this manner so that we too, Allah Ta'ala bless us as well Allah Ta'ala grant us the true ishq of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah bless us with his muhabbat bless us with his ittiwa sunnat so that our entire life be in the Mubarak footsteps of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam time has already passed inshallah we'll, maybe tomorrow we'll, Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq we'll do tawfiq from inshallah subhanallah اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحد صمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا علمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك وحب عملي يبلغني حبك اللهم اجعل حبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلينا ومن الماء البارد إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all of me and my nations يا الله إله العالمين يا الله Ya Allah, you accept our coming, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make it a means of every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of gaining the true ishq of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Make it a means of gaining the itibah of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahu Al-Alamin, Ya Allah, cleanse us from the ways of the West, Ya Allah. Cleanse us from the ways of the, ways of the enemies of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahu Al-Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our lives with his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to bring alive his Mubarak Sunnah in our homes, in our entire lives, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You, you guide us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become pleased with us, Ya Allah. You become pleased with us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allahumma khfir li Ummati Sayyidina Muhammadin, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهدي أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم أصلح أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم 
اللهم اهدنا واهدي بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهدنا الناس جميعا اللهم اهدنا الناس جميعا اللهم اهدنا الناس جميعا اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مبلين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب